1: We are back with another episode of Inappropriate Happiness, and sitting to my left, the most active person in the business these days, Corina Reichman. How you doing?
2: I'm active, baby. I'm active. How you doing? i Bugs. This is great.
1: I'm good. I was just thinking, you know, since the last episode, you've dropped a lot of news, a headlining tour for the fall, and also done things like play three sets at the Fall of the Arrow Festival, You're headed to Salt Lake City this weekend. It's great to be catching up with you amidst all of this exciting activity.
2: Oh, it's so mutual. It's crazy out here, right? What the hell's going on? I feel like it's too much information, you know? I'm like, shit, what do I, what do I... Need to tell the people. But yes, no, I mean the the, the real hot goss of the week. And of course, we're recording this on uh, Friday, June 23rd, right? It might not see the light of day until the following week, which is sort of, you know, common practice for Osiris, right? It's not going to drop over the weekend. So pardon me if what I say here is old news to your ears of the future. But, uh, you know, headlining tour for sure, which is cool. Like, you know, it's... It's kind of funny, Isaac, like I've done, you know, compared to all the gigs, I've done so little headlining with my band, truly. Like we can trace it back, like, you know, I've played in New York, sure. You know, haven't played in New York since Brooklyn Bowl uh, of last year, where this is February of 2022, right? So that was my last New York City show. And it was quite literally like right at the time when Omicron was, like, just over to the point where I was mortified to promote that show at all. You know what I mean? So that was crazy. And then since then, literally, like, I we did eight shows last December, right, in the Northeast in, you know, kind of off markets. Other than that, we did one tour going down south in 2021 that was, like, also one of those tours in May of 2021 where, like, you're really not allowed to be out there at all. (laughs) We were like the first band to like brave the, you know, COVID world. Like it was very bizarre, you know? So, and like really other than that, I've done no headlining. So this is like kind of the biggest headlining tour ever for me, which is crazy. And I've never like done, it's, it's just feels wild. And uh, yeah, Baby's All Right is the, is the New York play. We wanted to do something really small and intimate and Like, you know, kind of do that for New York for this time around and make it like an album release party, you know, and that sold out in the pre-sale, which is awesome. And, you know, I don't I'm not a magician, Isaac, but I feel like or rather a, uh, you know, (laughs) somebody who predicts things. But, uh, you know, it's Friday right now. I mean, shit, I you know, if this comes out next week, like it could already be sold out. So that is epic. I don't know if that's the case, but it was trending in that direction as of this morning.
1: <laughs> if only you were a magician. <laughs> you would know.
2: If I were a magician who knew how many tickets my show had sold, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, so I'm super hyped on that. That's just cool and amazing. And I'm so thrilled in New York. Like, it, you know, I love you madly. There's nothing I could say. To tell you how much I love you, and and we'll say we'll see what that all looks like come next week. But uh, yeah, it was looking mighty fine, and of course, uh, going you know from New York down to Nashville with a bunch of very fun stops in between. Meaning, holy shit! I mean, there's a lot of them, but let's see. We've got Richmond, we've got Raleigh, Charleston, uh, Asheville, Atlanta. Stuff like that, that you know, all that stuff. And then on the West Coast, we're going from San Diego up to Seattle, you know, with it's San Diego, LA, San Francisco, Cave Junction, Oregon. Never been there. Let's go. Um, Portland and Seattle. Yeah. And um, all of this is with the Mighty Gorilla Toss, which is a band that I feel like we've talked about on the podcast a little bit before, maybe, but uh, I'm a huge fan. And the idea that, you know, I got them to join me for this is so insane. And it's an alliance, baby. It's an alliance. We are so stoked to be working together. And uh, we even we've been recording this week some new original music, which we hope to have, uh, you know, make the light of day uh, before the tour. So that's exciting.
1: Do you think you will cover each other's songs?
2: Well, funny you say that, Isaac, because they have a song called Plants. And I have a song called Plants. And I am getting some very astute DMs from people being like, yo, it's going to be a Plants off. And I'm like, yo, damn, why are you guys so good? <laughs> so that's already good. I you know, I hope to definitely do a, 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 a collaboration aplenty, shall we say. Whatever that looks like, I'm not sure yet. We obviously have some new songs that we just have, you know, recorded together, which is cool, and I hope those get played and whatnot, and uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. I If you don't know Gorilla Toss, it's spelled G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A, like Gorilla Warfare, if you will, and, you know, they're signed to Sub Pop, they put out records on DFA, they are, like, cool as shit. I'm obsessed with them, so go check out their music, and uh, go to KarinaRegman.com slash tour and join us on the tour in the fall, baby.
1: I have a question for you. Talk to me. You are going on tour in promotion of your debut album joyride correct and as a result of that there have been a number of different sort of ad mats and promotional pictures and uh, a kind of way of activating your audience around this tour that feels very different than just a batch of shows in a season like someone would do when they're not touring an album interesting what is that like
2: that's fascinating question, I think, Well, first of all, I'm glad that you feel that way as some, as a, as a, you know, a bystander who's just seeing the shit being poured out onto the internet. Right. It's a
1: little bit different than a bystander. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> way
2: different. Way different. Correct. But still, you're seeing, you're seeing all the, you know, it's not like I run every ad map by you or every photograph by you no, before I post no, no, no. it, right? So you're seeing this in uh, real yes. time. So you know. That's awesome that you feel that way, because I definitely it's it's borderline intentional, shall we say, you know, and very much what it feels like is, you know, to have sort of this desire to create sort of a visual identity beyond the music. Right. And have it be, you know something that's sort of emblematic of what the music sounds like and what the vibe feels like and, you know, who I am and what it's going to be like when you come and see the show and hear the music performed live and whatnot and all of these things sort of working in tandem together to build a greater picture of the art, you know, is is really important to me, you know, and I've definitely, you know, it's one of those things where you, you, you try to sort of, You know, we did this photo shoot earlier this year with this guy, Brantley Gutierrez, who I'm a huge fan of. And I've saved all those photos for this rollout, right, where one of them is used for the album. Some of them are used for, you know, various promo materials and whatnot. All of that stuff that just, you know, God willing, builds a visual identity of me of the music of the brand call it what you will right so it feels fucking cool man how does it feel it feels awesome and I feels great that you have recognized it as such you know what i mean it's not just a crop of shows that it's like whatever you know here we go it's like packaged in a way that hopefully is digestible appealing god willing and like feels like something to the people looking at it you know what that is that's up to you y'all but shit it's uh it's been it's been cool to like try to call together this sort of you know bombastic yet ethereal yet surreal yet tangible fun but not too goofy but a little bit goofy vibe (laughs) that's but it's all been you know we it's it's just a product of me
1: Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I've been noticing that.
2: It's been cool, you know? And it's one of those things where, like, you know, I, I'm getting less and less shy about just, like, being. It's like, fine, this is, like, what it is. This is the music. Here's the song. This is who I am. This is what it looks like. This is, like, the vibe. So, like, get down or don't. It's all good.
1: <laughs> well, should we talk a little bit about the Follow the Arrow Festival from last weekend?
2: We should, Isaac. That was so fun. I, uh, I was lucky to play... Two festivals last weekend. One was the Northlands Festival up in Swansea, New Hampshire, which was terrific and really a great vibe. We played. We played the Early Bird Special, the first set of the festival on Friday, noon to one p.m. And you know what I thought, Isaac? I thought, "Holy shit, I'm gonna be playing to four people," and that could not have been further from the truth. Which I thank you all uh, for getting there early. That's ridiculous. There were definitely like hundreds of people waiting for the show to start which was so fucking epic and cool and i really didn't see it coming and i can't thank you thank you guys more you know it was super super cool and uh that day was awesome it was us and daniel donato and uh oh my god doom flamingo and then the next day i mean there's t- and andy frasco there's a lot of great music and then there was twiddle and Arebolo and uh you know, the string cheese incident, and Mike Gordon, and you name it. It was really, really a nice thing. So we went from there, to f- drove three hours after we played uh, to Woodstock, New York, to hang out with Marco Benevento for his second annual Follow the Arrow Festival in Accord, New York. Just a stone's throw from Woodstock. It's a Hudson Valley vibe. And uh, damn, Isaac, I'm so glad you made it for this one. Because it's a great vibe, isn't it? It's a great little thing that he's got going on.
1: I was very impressed by how uh, much more than just a little thing it was. Sure. It really seemed like it, um, I don't know, had a lot of community from the area and otherwise that really came for this event specifically and spent the day uh, watching this one stage lineup of fantastic music curated by Marco. Very much so. And Marco's presence and personality was all over the event. And I loved your set. I loved seeing the Bar Brothers. You know, that's kind of a rarer appearance these days and very much a band that kind of brings the scene together, right? I don't know so much about that, but I could tell a lot of people did.
2: Well, the vibe on that for like a quick parentheses is that you know i mean there's a lot of vibes on that but you know this band the slip for those who don't know you know some people th- there's a handful of people i know that think the slip is like their grateful debt you know what i mean and they're so in love with the music that this band made and by the way this band made some sick fucking records if you don't know about the slip put on eisenhower by the slip and also a live electric that's a live record absolutely fucking awesome and it's these two brothers who are Brad and Andrew Barr who went to Berkeley with Marco and that was really Marco's like crew you know from 18 to 21 and far beyond right so it's really cool to see everybody going off and having careers and playing music for their life you know and the roads in which it's taken them all weaving back together to you know join forces that follow the arrow right And the slip is defunct, sort of. Like, the slip plays very, very, very infrequently. They played last year at Follow the Arrow. But this year, it was the Bar brothers. So, you know, there are people out there who travel far and wide to see Brad and Andrew Bar do their thing. So that's the parentheses on that, I would just say. That's, like, that's a vibe. But I have friends who are just, like, they herald you know, they would say the word Brad Barr in the same sentence as Jerry Garcia, you know what I mean? Which is awesome. And I mean, I am a huge fan and it is an honor to play music with him and his brother. And I think they are absolutely astounding musicians and upstanding gentlemen.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of that kind of phenomenon in the way that music follows one's life and one's life follows the music, I saw The Cure and Dead & Company this week here in New York City. And it was very much a kind of time that was representative of the history of these two bands dead and company playing the music of the grateful dead almost 60 years after the grateful dead's inception and the cure nearing their 50th anniversary
2: that's crazy actually i so didn't realize that it was nearing the 50th anniversary of the cure that is unbelievable
1: pretty wild and i saw the first of three shows of the garden on tuesday night It was overwhelming. They played for three hours. (laughs) They have new material that they have yet to release on the very sort of lore-heavy Songs of a Lost World album that is not out yet. But these songs are super just kind of rich and appealing and really carry the show along in a certain way. Sure, that's cool. And... I don't know. I just wanted to talk about the the Cure experience because it you was so. Should. It was just so.
2: This has been. This is you know for people in New York City. This has sort of been like uh, you know a crazy week of of these two bands. I would say, you know, it's sort of taken over the vibe of the city in the best way. You know, and people are just like having these absolute insane experiences at the Cure, being like, this is. Amazing. And they play a three hour show and they played past midnight. And like, you know, the encore might as well have been a whole other set because it's that long. And everybody is so gassed on it. And I'm so glad you were there to tell the story because I was not. So Isaac, when you see Robert Smith, get up there and sing Boys Don't Cry. Did he do it? He did. Yeah, they closed what the, the show fuck? I saw with that. Jesus Christ. Is it so sick? Like- he is
1: so embodied. like yeah. He's so sort of himself and present, and you get the sense that he feels the stage is like his living room, and he's an amazing performer, but it's all kind of predicated on his balanced and sincere and embodied energy.
2: Unbelievable. I mean, everybody who's gone to this has just come away being like, it was one of the best live music experiences I've ever seen, which is so cool. Like, I think that's so amazing. And then to have it going, you know, in tandem. The Cure being, you know, uh, to use throwing words like goth around, you know, isn't necessarily what I'm trying to do here. But, you know, emblematic of a time where people were dressed in black, Wearing black lipstick, you know, the the songs are melancholistic. Is that a word? Um, Melancholy. Colic, melancholic, that's what I was going for. Oh, good word, melancholic. Anyway, all of this happening in tandem with very, very big jam band events of the summer, two nights of Dead & Co. at City Field, which is, you know, uh, very, it's you know, enormous basically. And you know, the juxtaposition of goth people in fishnets and black clothing versus the sea of tie dye, you know, drug addled hippies at a baseball stadium eating a hot dog and catching a buzz while spinning around to I Know You Rider it's a wild thing, and you've enjoyed both things. In the last week, and it's such an interesting, you know, sort of dichotomy in the live music, uh, you know, scape in in New York right now, which is so cool, but they're, you know, intrinsically linked, I would say, because people are having these sort of, you know, religious music experiences at both things and enjoying sort of, you know, a communal element in a huge way and music that has stood the test of time, clearly. And both bands, you know, you tell me you were at The Cure, but The Cure there's a whole, you know, lesion of young Cure fans that have sprung up. Completely. Correct, right? And you were saying the same about Dead & Company just before we started recording, right? There are kids that have hopped on the bus, Gus, They are good to go, right? Even kids you and I went to high school with that, you know, when you and I were going to the Heady Jam Band shows, they were looking at us like we had three heads, right? Now, these kids are out here being like, yo, dude, and doing all three gorge, bro. They're having three heads. They're having three heads. That's what I'm saying. So, like, this is all caught on in, you know, in these ways that we're speaking of. Like, you know, it's like... It doesn't have to catch you at one time, it can catch you at another, man, and people are good to go. Yeah, well, you know, and it's also,
1: uh, not to harp on this aspect of it, but it is Dead & Company's final tour. Of course. Or is being billed that way, and there is a lot to be said for the way in which the audience of The Grateful Dead went and found new bands to follow after The Grateful Dead disbanded at, when Jerry Garcia died in 1995, And I kind of wonder these new uh, Grateful Dead fans who are going to see Dead & Company, who are wearing tie-dye t-shirts, who are listening to these jams and who are catching multiple shows, are they going to go out and find new bands? Is there going to be an influx of that crowd into these other realms? Because some of these newer Grateful Dead enthusiasts and listeners don't really follow these other bands
2: Sure Well, all I could say to that, Isaac Is, you know, from your lips to God's ears Bring it in, baby Bring them on, you know <laughs> Let's, uh, you know it's a, it's a beautiful thing If they get turned on to the dead, right And then it just disseminates into God knows what, you know But they're, they're seeing sort of Like in the way that you saw in the late 90s An explosion of new jam bands And things like that That people were just, you know Searching for to try and fill the Jerry-sized hole in their heart, right, and whatnot. And, you know, we know what that looks like also in the mid-2000s with Fish and all of the above. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in a quote-unquote post-dead-and-co world. Uh, What, I mean, you know, we could sit here and speculate all day on what, you know, the remaining members are going to do or not do. But, uh it's gonna definitely be interesting to see where the fan base goes in that regard. You know, because obviously it's not small. You said that night two of City Field was way sold out, and this is, you guys, this is a, this is a stadium, like this is enormous
1: with a huge floor field, general admission, thousands and thousands of people,
2: and and not to mention like you know the nosebleeds at City Field. You are paying top dollar to see nothing correct? Correct. Like you, you know, if you can, and, and I don't know, I feel like I've been there and I've heard like the sound just be blown away by a gust of wind. I'm like, oh, or there it goes.
1: Airplane overhead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> L- lest we forget, it is very close to LaGuardia airport. It's really a fascinating thing, but honestly, you know, beautiful to see both bands in, you know, their it, pff, late you know, both 40th and late 50th, you know, decade, right, of of life as a band. Uh, I'm referring to The Cure and Dead & Co. Keeping it alive. People are good to go. It seems like everybody's had a great time at these shows. And fucking A, I want to see The Cure next time. I did a terrible job of going to that.
1: Well, I'm really hoping that they do a proper release of this album. Yeah. Put out a lot of promotional materials just like you just did. Yeah. To really invite the fans into the world of songs of a lost world dude and play some shows around it once we have that material in our ears
2: i'm so about it i'm so beyond about it wow isaac we really we we went we went off we really we took them we took them on a ride here this is good stuff you know i mean i feel like we just gotta say what's up to rjb right now rjb how you doing dude great to hear from you
1: What's your favorite Cure record? What's
2: your favorite Cure record? Absolutely. RJ, you like wearing black one night and like going to the Cure and then like putting on your heady tie-dye and going to Dead & Co. the next day. It's like awesome. It's like, you know, it's a cross-cultural week here. But it's also, as we've been talking about, intrinsically linked. So anyway, we look forward to going to dinner with you. And thank you for putting us on. We love Osiris. What a beautiful network it is. It's such a lovely ecosystem of sick podcasts about things that we like music you know what I'm talking about it's kind of the vibe so we thank you and we thank you the listeners and I thank you the listeners for being so extra dope this week my fucking god I didn't mean to curse but you know I, I'm just over like you know I'm trying not to get overly uh you know sentimental about it all but I am overwhelmed with the amount of support that you have shown me, in the release of my song, the announcement of this album, the pre-ordering of the vinyl of the record, the you know the early bird tickets that you were getting to this tour that doesn't start for three months, uh, I'm I'm shocked and awed and and overly blessed, and I thank you. From the bottom of my heart for supporting this, and I hope to you know really make you dance your ass off when we come to your town. So thank you, and I look forward to you getting the record on August 18th. Holy shit! And Isaac there's going to be another single that comes out in July. So watch out. Don't worry, I'm not going to over promote it like I did Joyride. It's going to just it's going to it's going to be way more subtle. It's going to be like you know Robert Smith, like making you fall into a little ecosystem of his own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What? What is she saying? I just don't know. Anyway, dude, it's been awesome, man.
1: It's been great. <laughs> Until next time.
2: Until next yeah. time. Take I care, y'all. Bye. Camp, Bye. Can't even pitch a tent. <laughs> I've been jumping South hailing taxis with intent. Do you need directions? I bet it's not where you're
0: from. Osiris. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.